0: COVID up, stock market down, a recent surge on Wall Street, taking back losses of the last few months. Thursday, stocks fell as coronavirus cases rose in 21 states. Thankfully, infections still shrinking in Canada. I hesitate to report this news, We want it to be over. But with Arizona hospitals being warned to prepare for the worst, and Texas having more hospitalizations now than at any time, we need some caution. But why the rise in COVID-19 cases? Like most things the past few months, experts aren't sure. Some suggest increased testing has helped identify more cases. That's good, but more people in the hospital, not so good. Others point to more restrictions being lifted across a country which was bound to see more spikes in infections. When all else seems to fail, remember, keep coming back to Jesus. As a recent widow told me, lean hard on the Savior. Welcome to Haven Today here on Friday. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're wrapping up a series called 10,000 Miles with Paul. What comes to your mind when you hear the word Rome? The ancient city can hardly be talked about without merging history and myth. Emperors and the mighty Roman army, gods and goddesses. It was the seat of an empire, a hub of the most influential political ideas of the day. Great feats of architecture, the Pantheon, the Colosseum, grand buildings told the story by their very own sculptures. Rome dominated the world. Rome had come to dominate the world, they said, because the gods were on their side. Emperor Julius Caesar himself was treated like a god, and his adopted son, Octavian, like a son of a god. Rome wasn't just a place. It had become a symbol of power and of strength. And it was where the apostle Paul knew he had to go. What possible threat could the Christian gospel pose against such strength? That's precisely what David Suchet learns in talking with two scholars in the documentary called In the Footsteps of Paul. Paul coming to Rome, he would have come into a pagan society. How did the pagans regard Christians?
1: Christians were quite threatening because, of course, the pagan religion was not a religion in the sense that we know religion, in that it was not divorced from the state. And indeed, the state was intimately involved in the religion. I see. So you're really talking—if you're saying that he denies the pagan gods, it's it's really treason, because it's really denying the emperor and his power. It may seem to us that Christians wouldn't be that threatening. You know, no. w- what is it in the message that's so threatening? But it is that denial of the emperor, denial of the gods.
2: He is announcing that Jesus is Lord. And we know in the Roman Empire, there's only one Lord, and he is Caesar. So if someone starts saying, ah, this Jesus, this Jew from Galilee, we believe he is the Son of God, and he continues to reign, he has power, ah, are you implying that his power is conflicting with that of Caesar? Yes. Wow. Well, oh, that's political. That's, that's a very political indeed and he, he's brought before these, the authorities for this political charge, he's not going to back down. He's not going to suddenly change his tune and say, this isn't what I believe, of course it is. And ultimately that's what gets him killed.
0: British actor David Suchet speaking with two of the many scholars he met as he followed in the footsteps of Paul. We're going to look at Paul's letter to the Romans in the next few minutes and specifically about his reference to Christians being sons of God. It had a very significant meaning in that day as well as this day. Then after the program, I'd like to send you a copy of the two-part documentary In the Footsteps of Paul. It's a documentary originally aired on the BBC. It'll take you to places Paul traveled to, like Rome, Jerusalem, and Antioch. This documentary will bless you as you watch but also help you better visualize God's Word the Bible and before you call or go online would you pray about how generous of a gift you could give even as we're approaching our fiscal year end on June 30th the number to call in a few minutes is 800-654-2836 that's eight hundred six five four twenty eight thirty six. or come to our website HavenToday.org. HavenToday.org. Now, here's Matthew West opening this haven today. Yes, sir. This Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Matthew West from an album called Jesus Firm Foundation and a haven today called 10,000 Miles with Paul. I'm Charles Morris. Now, I want us to go to southeastern Pennsylvania. A young man who's 18 years old, he's learned to memorize the scripture. He took a year off after high school before he started college at Lancaster Bible College. He worked with a ministry that's all about reciting God's word by memory, piercing word ministry. Brad Meyer is his name. Let's listen to him recite for us, yes, by memory, the tail end of Romans 7 and the beginning half of Romans 8.
3: For, for I, I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I... I, I... I I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and and, and, and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members wretched man that I am who will deliver me who will deliver me from this body of death (laughs) thanks be to God thanks be to god through jesus christ our lord so then i myself serve the law of god with my mind but with my flesh i serve the law of sin there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in christ jesus from from the from the law of 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 sin and death for god has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do and of children and heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him, in order that we may also be glorified with him.
0: The tail end of Romans 7 and Romans 8 recited for us by Brad Meyer, who happens to be on with us, and he lives in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. He's a student at Lancaster Bible College. He is 18 years old. Brad, I've known you since... Who knows how young you were, but uh, maybe eight years old, seven years old. But welcome to the program for the first time.
4: Thanks so much, Charles. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, I've
0: got to ask you how you did that. I mean, as I was listening to you, I got the sense that you felt like you were the Apostle Paul. Am I right in that?
4: Yeah, that would that would be mostly correct. Um, so when I when I set out to memorize the whole book of Romans, I, I memorized the the whole book. I did it from the perspective of an actor, or I tried to anyway. Uh, When I was memorizing, I would um, recite the verses over and over and over again. But while I was doing it, I would try to think of what Paul's perspective was. I would try to put myself in Paul's shoes um, and think about the emotional intention behind what he was saying. Um, Because obviously, the scripture is the inerrant word of God, but it's also Paul's word. And it comes from Paul's perspective and is infused with Paul's personality. And one of the things that I noticed as I was um, memorizing through Romans was how much Paul deeply cares about both the Gentiles and especially his Jew- Jewish brothers and sisters. And that was especially in in, uh, in Romans chapter chapter 9, it, it begins by Paul saying that he Uh, has great sorrow and unceasing anguish in his heart, and that he could wish that he himself were cut off from Christ for the sake of his Jewish brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. And that, when you read it, normally, I don't think you fully get the the full impact of it as when you you come at it from an actor's perspective. Paul cares about his Jewish brothers and sisters so deeply that he could wish that he himself were cut off from Christ, if only that Mm -hmm. meant they could be saved. Mm -hmm. And the whole book is just infused with that passion um, for the Jews and the Gentiles and the reconciliation between them. And that's something that I really tried to um, dig in on uh, when memorizing it and then also performing it.
0: Mm, That's a good point. You memorized Romans in the basement of your home outside Lancaster, surrounded by Amish farms. I've been there. I've been in (laughs) in your house before. Give me a few nuts and bolts on how you memorized it, because I'm sure some people would like to know that.
4: Sure. There's a lot of different ways you can memorize. There's a lot of different tips and techniques. So it, what works for one person won't work for everyone. For me personally, I um repetition, reading it out loud over and over and over again while pacing <laughs> around. I, I did it in my <laughs> basement. Um, I did it outside sometimes. I would go outside and do it. But uh, for me, the biggest thing is, is reading it out loud um, and just repeating it over and over again. Um, and then also approaching it from that perspective of an actor and trying to um, think about the emotional intention behind it and that kind of makes it stick when i can connect the verses and the words to an emotion or to an intention it makes it easier to recall later and it it gave me a whole new understanding to the text Um, when you when you understand the perspective of the author it it changes
0: how you understand I understand it. It's it's awesome. I think you caught it. Brad Meyer, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Thank you so much for sharing God's word with us and then sharing how you memorized God's word and learned more about it. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. You're listening to Haven Today and I'm Charles Morris. It's been great. Seeing Brad Meyer grow up over the years, his father is the manager of WDAC in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, where Haven Today is heard every morning. Paul's journey to Rome was one more important way that Christ's witnesses went to the ends of the earth, just as Jesus himself said in Acts 1. Rome was significant to Paul. He was the apostle to the Gentiles. And Rome was the Gentile capital of the known world in the first century, even while he was still in Ephesus, he told us in acts nineteen twenty one "I must also visit Rome. Did you hear the urgency? I must visit Rome, even to the end. Paul was still on a mission, but before he got there, he wrote the Roman Christians a letter. The letter of the Romans is considered by many to be the clearest explanation of the Gospel. In the entire New Testament and what can we say about Romans 8 there's so much in this chapter but I want to focus in on a topic we've already heard a little bit about the emperors were seen as divine even as sons of God but Paul had something a little different to say earlier we heard Brad Meyer recite a portion from Romans 7 and 8 he has the entire book of Romans memorized. I'm quite jealous, Brad. But let's take a look closer at a handful of these verses. Romans eight, twelve through 17. What's the dominant theme in those verses? Christians being sons and daughters of God. Paul's saying in verse 14, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God, and that means daughters too. This is a promise for every Christian If you're in Christ and have the Holy Spirit, you're a son of God. Like Paul said to the Galatians, in Christ there is no male or female. His grace makes us God's children, all of us. Remember that Paul was writing this specifically to the Christians in Rome. They understood the significance of every word he spoke. They knew that to be a a son of God in Rome meant you had to be the emperor himself. But for Paul, becoming a son of God had nothing to do with Caesar and everything to do with God's Holy Spirit. He told us in verse 15, you have received a spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Now, this is that great Christian doctrine of adoption. Think of what we are apart from Christ. We're flat out rebels. We're traitors to God. Paul himself says we're slaves to sin. But in Jesus Christ, by faith in him, we're no longer slaves, but we're children of God. It may seem hard to believe at first, but this status is better than being the emperor. It's better than any high status we can think of. Paul's saying in verse 17 that if we are children of God through the Spirit, then we are also heirs. Heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ. Just pause for a moment there. Don't let this pass you by too quickly. If you have the Spirit of God living in you, you are an heir with Jesus Christ. His inheritance has become your inheritance. Well, what has Christ inherited? All things, we're told. He's the King of all creation, the King over the universe. He's the natural Son of God. He doesn't have to earn anything for himself. The inheritance belongs to him. The beauty of the gospel is that Christ has put our name on the will right next to his name. We are heirs right along with him. Now, how can this be? It can't be because we deserve it, we're still sinners. It's only because he paid the price of our sins and offered us his own righteousness before God. The eternal son of God has made sure that we will be called his children too on that great day when he returns. The Christians in Rome were used to hearing Caesar is Lord, but they had a different slogan. Jesus is Lord. They knew that military might and political authority didn't make anyone a child of God. Not only the Spirit of God freely given to those who believe can do that. And if a child, then an heir. And if that's you, all that belongs to Jesus belongs to you. You too will inherit it. Holiness, righteousness, even everlasting life, they're all yours. A new heavens as well as a new earth. They are yours, but only in Jesus Christ. No matter the social or political crises going on in our world, and our world is full of them. You can find your rest for your soul and all your life in these promises given to us by Jesus Christ.
1: Before the throne of God above I have a strong and perfectly A great high priest whose name is love Whoever lives and pleads for me My name is Grace
5: Tells me of the guilt within Upward I look and see Him there Who made an end to all my sin Because the sinless Savior died My sinful soul is counted free For God the just is satisfied To look on Him and part spotless righteousness The great unchangeable I am The King of glory and of grace One with
1: Himself I
5: cannot die My soul is purchased by His blood My life is hid with Christ on high With Christ, my Savior, and my God. With Christ, my Savior, and my God.
0: Salem, before the throne of God above. I'm Charles Morris on Haven Today, a program called 10,000 Miles with Paul. I'd like to invite you to follow in these footsteps of the Apostle to the Gentiles. And you can do this by watching the two-part DVD that's called In the Footsteps of Paul. It's hosted by British actor David Suchet. You heard him earlier in the program. Originally, the documentary was made for the BBC. And it'll help you read your Bible with a new sense of realism as you see and visit so many of the places Paul saw as he planted the young church of Jesus Christ. It's almost as good as traveling there yourself. Would you call us right now for your copy of In the Footsteps of Paul? Would you make a fiscal year-end gift to help us keep sharing Jesus and pray about how generous the Lord wants you to be? Here's the number to call right now, 800-654-2836, 800-654-2836, or go make your gift there at our website, haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And one other thing, tomorrow morning, we're doing our first town hall meeting ever. You can still get an invitation to join us. We'll send you the password. You just need to go to haventoday.org forward slash town hall. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me. Won't you come back again next time? When again, we'll be together and we'll get to share the great story that's all about Jesus. Here on Haven Today. Here
2: for your encouragement and your walk with God, this is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Before he was 50, the Russian novelist Leo Tolstoy had accomplished what precious few ever do. He had become wealthy and famous and earned a place in history. And yet, on his 50th year, he fell into a deep depression. Contemplating the futility of his life, he wrote... Is there any meaning in my life that the inevitable death cannot destroy? And in that moment of despair, Tolstoy was actually seeing his life with 20-20 vision. He was longing for more than this life is capable of giving. He was longing for what only God can give. As it says in Psalm 107, He satisfies the longing soul, and the hungry soul He fills with good things. Get started with Anchor Devotional today. Visit getanchor.com.